Are you nervous? No. Should I be? No. Here we go. This is the Coastal Fresh Podcast with Luke Abbas. Hello and welcome to the Coastal Fresh Podcast. My name's Luke Abbas and of course I won't be alone in this journey. Joining me in today's show is this lady. I'm like a baby elephant, aren't I? Maybe not a baby one. Oh, Paula Davis, you are quite often the butt of the jokes in this office. Aren't I just... How does it feel listening back, listening back to that? Just cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. I wouldn't mind. I actually looked in that space <laughs> where you were when I came in and it just didn't register. No, you did. I'm there with this blanket <laughs> under my head and the things that people won't know... Over my head, yeah. <laughs> Um, the thing that people won't know about that is that I hid there for 13 minutes. I know, well, that serves you right, doesn't it? Because I went, not only did I go and make a brew, I then went and took the brew up to Jed. You did. Came back down, then I thought, oh, no, I need a wee. <laughs> I went back upstairs again and came back. And what people won't see, and I, I'm <laughs> going to show them now in the, in the podcast, right. the moment that you keep walking past the camera back and <laughs> forth, and I get up at one point and I'm like, for God's sake, just come in, Paula. <laughs> It is bad. Um, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. Of My course, pleasure. for people who don't know who you are, you are the founder, managing director, the boss woman of Coastal Radio DAB. The gaffer. The is, gaffer. Um, Nori called me this morning. He does. He calls you the gaffer, gaffer. quite often. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And do you like that? What, what, what's your preferred like title? It. I quite like gaffer. It's, it's non, um, I don't know, it's not super serious, is it? No, it is like gaffer. It's, it is. It'll do. It's also a bit football-like, I think. You know the football gaffer? I don't think I'd do very well as a footballer. Do you not? I nah, think... not built for football, this. <laughs> no, but you are built for shouting. Not okay. although okay. she has never told me off in my year and a half here. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Or never a serious telling off, at least. No, no, no. In, no. in any way. No, no. I don't like to rule with an iron fist, as they say. But you could, and that's the thing. <laughs> but I don't. No, exactly. exactly. You don't, but you could. And that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the interesting thing. And um, so, of course, we, we've just sort of spoke about the pranks. And uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that this week, even, we've done some pretty ridiculous pranks and some that aren't <laughs> huge necessarily. Uh, you have. You've done a couple this week where I actually caught you out, I think, on the second one, though. Yeah. You know, when you kind of think you know, but you're not 100% so you go along with it. Yeah. That was definitely for the second one. Should we play yeah, that? Let's yeah. play them then. So earlier this week, we tried to catch Paula out with a prank phone call, pretending to be the agent of a coastal radio presenter. Here's what <laughs> happened. Hello? Hi, is this uh, Paul Davis? No, it's Paula Davis. Oh, hi, Paul. Um, sorry, I thought Paula. you sounded a bit manly, that's all. Uh, have you got a preferred pronoun I should use? Who is it? Sorry? Who is it? Oh, it's Greg Wilson. I'm um, new agent. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, she's uh, asked me to discuss all of her work engagements. Um, I just wanted to discuss a plan of action for a return in 2024. Right. I need to speak to first. I'm obviously not going to just discuss that with somebody that's wrong me. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She's just asked me to ring around and um, get some details. 
Right. Well, I'll let me just ring you back first. Do you want to give me your number? Yep. Give me a second. And cue me running down the stairs going, don't ring her back, don't. Yeah. Thinking, oh, we might have taken it a bit too far at this point. Yeah. Well, thing is, I did recognise, because obviously it's Chris from Content Creators, that yes. his voice. And I did recognise his voice. But you know when you think you know, yeah. and then you think, yeah, but what if it isn't just, you know, there's that like couple of percent where you think it might not be. So be professional. Yeah. But I was at one point going to go like, if you can't even get my name right. Just I'm not even going to speak to you. Does that happen often? Do you often get called Paul? Yeah, not in not face to face. Thankfully, I don't look like a man. No. Um, however, on emails, I get Paul loads. Yeah. But also, I think it works the other way. When I'm emailing someone called Paul, I write Paula. <laughs> I know it's weird, isn't it? So the amount because you're of people- so used to writing Paula, you're used to writing your name, aren't you? Yeah. So. When I'm ever talking to someone on email to a Paul, I always have to go back and check and nine out of ten times take the A's off. It's instant reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. I can see that being an issue. Uh, just it, that, That's what we thought we'd push on. We'd try and see if it would really wind you, you up and break you. You wanted to get my you. back up, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the moment. I think really? we went maybe a bit too much in saying Paul too often, especially when he, uh, Chris sort of says uh, right at the beginning, um, is it Paul? You go, it's Paul La. And he goes, oh, sorry, Paul. Paul. And then goes, yeah. you sounded like a man. <laughs> hmm, bit of a giveaway. I hope anybody would say that. No. You know, it's easy to look back on though, isn't it? It is. And do you know what? We've learned and... Um, <laughs> God. Keep yeah. your eyes out. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. See, see. The, the minute I see your and Brad's face in my office doorway, I almost think, oh God, what have they done? Is anyone filming me? What's happening? What have they done? You, I just automatically now think you're up to something. Yeah. And do you know what? Quite often we are. We're mm, going to have to get up a bit earlier to get me in future. I'm getting wise to you. Exactly. But do you know what? That's the thing about this job. I absolutely love radio and you absolutely love radio. I know that. Absolutely. But I think that's the thing. We get to do some silly stuff. We get to have some fun <laughs> along the way. We do. But it is hard work behind the scenes. All it the time. has to be fun. It has to yeah. be fun because let's be honest, we're not in it for the money. No. Um, you know, it's it, I've, Radio Wave was always fun. We always made it fun. Yes, there was the serious aspect and it was a completely different setup because it was like 20 odd staff. But for us here, and when Jed and I was first talking about when we were doing Coastal, we said, you know, the key at Radio Wave was have fun whilst we're doing the job. And we've made sure that that's part of this job here at Coastal, although it's a smaller team, it's a smaller amount of people in the office and it would be even smaller if we weren't based here with Greg's, uh, Greg's, <laughs> Jed, it's been called worse, <laughs> without Jed's team from Content Creators yeah. as well. And I love that we all kind of work together anyway because it just means there's more of us to bounce off ideas-wise so, yeah, it's it's ace. It, it wouldn't be the same if we didn't have a laugh. You've got to have a, yeah. a laugh when you're working. You've and, of to. course, you, you refer to Radio Wave there. You were obviously yeah. the commercial director, right? Mm, that was your role? Station director. Station director. Yeah. I was um, the commercial director, then station director. And you were that for how long? Um, I think the last 15 years I was kind of in charge. Um, I'd started there as a sales rep at 25 and just loved it. I'd done 10 years before that in PR, marketing and sales at the Pleasure Beach, which again was just brilliant. You know, yeah. 10 years of um, learning life at the Pleasure Beach was just 
something I would never want to not do. No. You know, it was that was my university of life. And it definitely set me up for um, coming into radio and just enjoying that kind of thing. You know, sell it. I didn't think I would be the type of person to sell because I'd done PR. Yeah. So, yeah, and and I think the reason I loved selling radio when I was just the sales repping at the time was I absolutely believed in it because I'd had my own life experience of radio working mm. before I'd even gone into the world of radio. So in the early days, there was an advert on Radio Wave called Howard Speds, and it shows how long ago it was because it's, the jingle was, come on down to Howard Speds, we'll make you do that day. 25650, 25650, come on down to Howarth's Beds, we'll make you do da day. Well, that number, even when I was working there, became a six in front, so it had to be the six numbers. But we'd been looking at getting some beds in one of the houses for some cast that were coming to yeah. a show. So they, they had a lot of properties, the Pleasure Beach, so we needed something like 10 beds. Um, and I remember being sat at my desk and saying to Marie, who was working in the office at the same time. Oh, God, what's that one I've heard on the radio? Uh, come on, da-da-da-da-da. And I, and I sang the jingle in my head to get the telephone number. So I was an early yeah. radio fan anyway that I knew <laughs> advertising on radio worked. Sorry, that was my glasses. Just fling your glasses wherever. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Fiddling. Hopefully they're all right. It's fiddling on me, <laughs> my anxiety. Um, so I loved it. I always loved radio. I've always loved it all the way through, and I believe in it. I genuinely believe in it because I know it's worked mm -hmm. over the years. And we don't always get it right. Nobody does. But a lot of the time we do. So, I, And that, this is what I love about talking to you and talking to Jed in the office and quite a lot of the presenters is you have that passion in that you all share that love for radio very early on. Mm. What was your early highlights of radio, would you say? Like the, the moment that you sort of started to fall in love with it, would it have been that moment or would it have been something else? I think it was more once I'd gone out to see clients. Um, see, I got married in 2005. You might see this. Yeah, 2005. <laughs> so I'd been there five years. And I think it was at that point, I, I got, there was a few clients that A, came to my wedding and sent me like wedding cards. And I couldn't believe like the money that had been put in some cards and the the sentiments in the cards. And it was like, I'm not just a sales rep to some of these people. No. I'm like an extended family friend or I'm an extended member of their team. And I loved that. My earliest highlight of, of radio was definitely as we were sort of, Radio Wave was such a big part. Everyone knows Radio Wave yeah. in this town and everyone heard Jed and Haley. I think mm. um, it, it just shows, you know, how loved they are across this town. And I can recall listening into Jed and Haley. I can recall all these other bits of radio, you know, across the country and, and that sort of passion of I'd love to do that one day. And so I work behind the scenes. <laughs> He's got a face for radio. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Lovely, evil, isn't that? Evil. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're, you were like, you're like my golden child. You are a prime fine for coastal radio. You know, and we couldn't have done, which I've said to you before, we couldn't be where we are now as coastal without you and your enthusiasm for those behind the scene things, those things that you love getting the processing right on that, making sure that sounds right, where it might just sound the same even to me, but you're like, no, that needs to be different and that music, that's, I don't mm. want to play that song. I think we should be playing, you know, your input in that respect is what's making Coastal what it is today. Thank you. It's being a geek and a geek in a good way. 
Yeah, I'm a bit of a geek. Yeah. I am a bit of a geek. Um, I try not to be, I suppose, but I think I am a bit of a geek. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of being a geek. No, it's... but with my day, back in the yeah. day, when I was younger, being a geek was something to be frowned on, I suppose, wasn't it? That sort of touches upon what I wanted to, to move on to a bit, because you just gave me a very lovely appraisal there. Yeah, I know. And I wanted you to give a live appraisal <laughs> to this uh, a conversation that happened on Sunday early breakfast last week. Oh my and God. Um, I want you to take this in. Oh. It's Ryan Bowman with Human on Coastal Radio DAB. You know what, Lucy? I just saw this prop up in the show and it reminds me of something, right? Do you recognise this by any chance? Of course I do. So that, for anyone unsure, is the Love Island theme tune. And if you're an annual Love Island viewer, you will know that they often use music for... Well, should we say dramatic effects? I think so. When the contestants are arguing. Yeah, should we give them a little example? Yeah, well, we'll give you an example and, and see if you're a Love Island fan, see if you recognise this. Okay. okay, so I'm going to meet Ian Sterling now. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. <laughs> a moral night. Love Island. There's trouble in paradise. Honestly, I'm just so sick of it. I, I just I just can't deal with it anymore. It's over. And then they just storm oh, off. And they'll storm off the person they're arguing with. They'll start storming off and it'll go, I'm all in. So they'll be like storming away from the fire pit or yeah. whatever it's called. And then, then you just hear this kick in. Yeah, it's giving me Curtis Pritchard vibes. Do you ever watch that series? I think that could be, is it too far back for me? That? I don't know. Too far back. But it's just hilarious. Like me and my mate used to joke about this. How you know there'd be some disagreement over like what they're having for tea or something. Oh, I'm... and then it'll be like I'm only human after all. <laughs> oh, but we're crazy. We've lost the plot. We've lost the plot officially. So we're gonna play you some music now. Fresh. Having fun, of course, such a big part of it, Paula. <laughs> yep. <laughs> First thoughts on that. <laughs> on the impressions and. Um, they are terrible at impressions. That's the first thought. Now, that's obviously Lucy and George, it and is. I love Lucy and George. Gorgeous George and lovely Lucy. Um, do you know what you can hear in their voices that they're having fun? They are. I don't have any interest in Love Island, so maybe that's me not yeah. in the best, not best to judge it. Have you ever watched it? I don't think so. I think I might have caught the yeah. end of it at some point. I'm not a massive fan on reality shows. So what, what reality TV show do you watch? Well, I did watch... Um, I watched the early Big Brothers and the early um, I'm a Celebrity. I do like Strictly. Yeah. I, in fact, I love Strictly. Oh, this weekend. Oh, yes, I know. I know. I know. Um, and I watched Below Deck. Yeah. Which, I, you know, oh, my God. We got, we got told to watch it, me and husband. And I thought, what? what? On a yacht? So far removed from my life, as if I'm going <laughs> to like this. And I became absolutely addicted. There's... It's basically these luxury lots, these luxury yachts where the staff, it's the staff really, not so much the guests. And they've got a chief stewardess, a chief stew, which is called, it's a chief stewardess, a second, a first stew and a second stew. They've got deckhand one, deckhand two, a bosun, a, um, a captain and a chef. And the chef on these yachts is always an absolute diva. But the thing I can't, I couldn't get over is, especially after the first couple of seasons is, they watch them back. Why on earth do they, when they go out at the end of each charter, because within one season of about six weeks, there's about 10 charters, mm. and the whole team will go out together after each charter to the nearest town, wherever they are. This was the med one we watched. 
and they get absolutely smashed. Like they're falling over, they're all telling each other exactly what they think of each other. And and it's addictive. It's absolute it's pants in some ways, but it's addictive pants. It really is hilarious watching. You think after the first couple, why wouldn't you just not drink on these nights out, guys? Hello. But no, they do, which is what makes it great TV. <laughs> Have you tried our exclusive podcast? Fresh. Do the tidying up on a Saturday to the Coastal Fresh podcast with Luke Abbas, a new guest host every week. Why don't we get everyone in the studio to go fresh? And whoever's got the best one can be the voice of Coastal Fresh. I'd back that. We've great behind the scenes content, interviews and the odd innuendo. Or check out our File Coast podcast with regular previews ahead of match days, plus our score predictions. Are we going to see more goals than Oxford United have stands? (laughs) (laughs) Great podcasts and more, only on coastalradiodab.co.uk. Okay, Paula, we've been doing this for about 13 months now, Coastal Radio. Yep. What has been your highlight of the 13 months? That top one. And oh. I don't want to cop out of... Oh, I, know, well, I do have two. I do have two. If I gave you three seconds now... Living Festival. But, oh. It, it has it to didn't be. even start counting. It has yeah. to be Living Festival for me. Because it was such a big thing. It meant such a lot to me. You know my other one is the Heroes event. Because mm. it was just amazing. And, and all the hard so work proud. that you did on that event. That we all did. We you, all did. You, I know I did a lot of it. However, it always is a yeah. team effort here. We know that. But Lytham Festival, and again, Lytham Festival was a huge team effort for us. And for me, I'd been involved with Lytham Festival in one way, shape or form since day one uh, from Radio Wave. So I've spent the last 10, 12 years attending Lytham Festival, going with clients, being invited by clients, being in the VIP, being in the mosh pit, going in the garden area, all of it. I've even worked for Cuff and Taylor on an event when I wasn't working in radio. So... I love it. It's it's a massive event for me. It's a massive event for the Northwest. But for me personally, I've got pictures of Radio Waves logo and presenters on that stage for years, you know, and it's always a big moment of pride for me when it was Radio Wave. So for me, when it's less than 12 months old, the radio station, to see Coastal Radio all over those screens and our stage that they built for us in the garden... It just, it, I cried. You know, I did. I'm such a softie. When I first saw it, actually, on the stage when people were in there, the pride that I felt was unbelievable, and it just made me cry. In the, I was like, I can't believe we've achieved this in this amount of time. And you know, that's down to the fact that Cuff and Taylor hugely supported Coastal Radio, yep. and still do. They have from day one, and I'm so grateful to that because um, they don't have to. The relationships that I built up over those years working at Radio Wave, have really helped me with Coastal Radio. And I'm I'm so grateful that I'm, I've been really well supported and the clients that we've dealt with over the years at Radio Wave have come onto Coastal and it's lovely to see. You know, it is, it's really great. And every time a client that used to advertise with us on Radio Wave comes on Coastal, that pride again comes out every time and it's a little tick for me to go, yes, they're advertising on Coastal now, yay. Because, you know, as we know, Coastal can't exist without the advertisers. Now, we do a lot for charity. We've done, we've literally made, we've given away over the first 12 months over £100,000 in radio adverts. And that is just if we charge £5 a spot. So we give charities airtime to help promote them because we want to be embedded in the community. I like to describe Coastal as 
a commercial mind with a community heart, because I think that's what we do. We know that we need advertisers in to pay the bills. Yeah. But we also know we need to do things for this community. We all, every one of us live and breathe in this area. We're all from here or work here or, you know, schooled here. We want to make our area better. We're passionate about not just radio. Yeah, we are. But we are passionate about Blackpool Wire and Filed as well. And it's not just about Blackpool. Yes, Blackpool's a big part of it, but it's about Lytham and St Anne's. It's about Fleetwood, Cleveland, Thornton, Polton. It's all those areas. And we want to be involved in as much as we can within the limits of what we're actually capable of, you know, because we're a small team. It isn't the team we had at Radio Wave. We've, we're a lot smaller, aren't we? We and are, yeah. Thankfully, we have our amazing students because, again... We couldn't have done. Our socials are amazing, and that is down to the students. Yeah, I'm not sat there doing it. You're not. It's the students. Yeah, and which just shows, doesn't it, that these are the the next presenters coming up through the ranks. And without us, it's it's such a win win because without us, they wouldn't be getting that work work experience, that actual living and breathing working in a working radio station. But from my point of view and Coastal's point of view, we wouldn't be doing as well as we are doing by getting out there to the public if we didn't have those students no. working on our behalf. So f- it's a, a genuine work placement win-win, isn't it? Because I'm winning, I'm getting the stuff I need to go on air and on, on the socials and on the website. And the, the students that are coming through, I was about to say kids, <laughs> and I know you don't like me calling them kids, and I do not mean it derogatory. It's just me because I'm old. They're getting that experience that they wouldn't get. And unfortunately, the radio industry has shrunk hugely since I started. You know, um, there isn't as much opportunity anymore. So I'm really proud of the fact that we can offer that opportunity to students. And we do. And they love it, don't they? They absolutely love being out uh, out and about in the community and being there at events. Um, They they tell me that every week. And it is so lovely to hear. Speaking of being out and about in the community, on Friday, we were at International Men's Day uh, put on by UIA, uh, the United Youth Alliance. And here's what happened when we were down there. And joining me now is Debs Terras, of course, from y, uh, UIA, of course, United Youth Alliance. And you guys are the people that put on this event. Just talk to us a bit about this event and why you think it's so important to host International Men's Day. Yes, yeah, so what we did was five years ago, we actually hosted International Men's Day here. And the real emphasis there was we were looking around men's mental health. And as we know, in particular, we have a very um, high rate of uh, men's mental health or poor mental health on the foul coast. And what we found was that actually, we needed to start much earlier so the idea was that over the last five years and with Covid as well we've been doing International Men's Day events but mainly online so this is the first time that we've managed to get all of the uh, schools together across the um, across the Fowl Coast bring them together and for them to start talking about actually what it means to be a man on the Fowl Coast. And how important do you think that is in, in men's mental health of course it's a big topic and one that mm-hmm. I think a lot of men are quite shy to talk about how important is it to come to events like this and just show that it's you know it's something that we can talk about and we can 
you know, discuss. Yeah, and I think it's really important because, I mean, just last night I was I was in a taxi, getting a taxi home from Blackpool train station. The taxi driver said, oh, do you live round here? And I said, yeah, I live in Blackpool. I said, oh, I'm coming to the club tonight because we're setting up. And he said, oh, what's it all about? And I said, it's about Men's, men's, men's Day, um, talking about men actually having a voice. And he said, that's really important. He said, because when I want to talk to somebody, I don't know who to talk to. And that, to me, resonates. I thought, I've got a taxi driver who talk for Britain, don't they? Yeah. Who doesn't know who to talk to and who needs to talk to somebody. And some of the young men that we've been speaking to today, one of the young lads said to us, um, if I want to cry, girls get comforted, but I don't. And I just get told that I have to just, you know, man up. But then where do they take that and, and how do they get that support? And unfortunately, we still have the, those influences like the likes of Andrew Tate and misogyny. And sometimes they get engrossed in that through no fault of their own and they're not really quite sure of what their identity is. So for us... Having an understanding of what their well-being is and what mental health is, but also about knowing about what their identity is. So today, the conversations with the young men have been absolutely fantastic, really good. And it is just about breaking that stigma of, of sentences like that, it you is. know, like man up and things yeah. like that, that it is okay to be emotional and show your emotions absolutely. as a male. Absolutely. It's okay to cry. It's okay to say, do you know what, I'm struggling. It's quite human and, dare I say, it's normal to be like that. So why are we putting so much pressure on young men in particular to act a certain way, to dress a certain way. You know, and we're doing so much, and rightly so, so much great work with, with young women and other genders, but we sometimes feel like young men in particular um, are being left behind a little bit. And that's not a fault or a blame thing. I think that's just how the world is progressing. And again, rightly so, we all want equality. But we just need to give those lads a bit of time to go, it's, it's okay, talk to us, you know, and, and really help them to support their own mental health and well-being. Now, you, of course, have had a big week, not just you, oh, UIA. Yeah. <laughs> we have. <laughs> it's been great that it's happened on the same week, but I suppose it's been a lot to do. Of course, the King's Award for Voluntary yeah. Service. How proud are you oh, at achieving that? Honestly, I, I cannot believe that. we've got. I, go, I get goose pimply <laughs> now. It's... Um, and it's what's really important that it's it's about for the organisation and everybody who's been involved. So you know we've had obviously had Paula, your MD, who's been involved right from the very beginning with our organisation as a role model and as a supporter. But what we've managed to do is is be able to say this award is for everybody. So every volunteer, every funder, every organisation, every young person, every community member, and we are so proud that we are only one of eight organisations in Lancashire to actually get this. Um, and that that is that's that's up there definitely with uh, with with so many great things that have happened in our lives. But that is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, we're really really proud, and um, and it's great to have Blackpool on the map for something positive. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting to us, Debs. You're welcome. Good afternoon. I'm joined now at Blackpool Football Club by Nathan Parker. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, good, yeah really good. good. And of course, you've been here this afternoon to uh, support International Men's Day. What have you been doing down here? Uh, so I've been doing a couple of workshops with high school and college students um, about masculinity and the important of, importance of expression. Um, I was a very expressive kid as a, as a primary school kid got to high school it all changed bottling things up you know kind of not necessarily uh, addressing certain things and that manifested into my adult life when I found poetry and stories that all changed so trying to um, work with some of these guys to to, to figure out um, the power of expression and how we promote that amongst young men they've been amazing you know yeah. like individually they all agree that expression talking it's not weak it's a sign of strength but how we shift that culture when we've got a bunch of individuals that all agree, but then shifting the culture as a pack 
that's the challenge, but they're up for the challenge. Well, yeah, we've heard a lot of that today from different people that we've chatted to, that this group of people that have came today have been so open and yeah. honest and it seems like there's a real want to drive change in what you know men are perceived to you know have to be yeah. and what we can be yeah, and how yeah. we can react very much so very much so it's been um and this is why young people are so great because they just they can just seem to be able to talk with um so direct about issues that as, as adults, we maybe overcomplicate sometimes. These guys have just been right on the money, up for it, you know, really kind of enthusiastic about going back to their schools or their colleges and trying to impact change, whatever that looks like. Um, but yeah, it's just so positive to be in and around people who are um, so keen to make Blackpool um, a better place for, for guys, yeah. And what an amazing backdrop. I mean, I, I don't feel like we can wrap up this interview just without talking about this I mean I incredible I mean I you're a, the pictures never look so good exactly yeah. ahead of uh, tomorrow's match day yeah yeah yes uh, it looks really really good and of course you are a, a Blackpool fan I am I'm a Blackpool fan you yeah. do a lot here as well don't you yeah it's been great because I, I like working with the trust I'm you know I managed to perform before the uh, the charity game for that was in honor of Jordan Banks oh, Jordan Banks of course yeah, we spoke like on that come through, you know <laughs> yeah. to actually perform poetry uh, at Bloomfield Road. Who'd have thought? I thought standing on the pitch, it might have been once upon a time putting on the number three jersey to be left back for Blackpool <laughs> Football Club. Turns out that that was a pipe dream that faded long ago. But actually, to get on and do some poetry was amazing. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for coming and chatting to thank us. Thank you, Luke. Pleasure as always. And keep an eye out for everything that's to come. Fresh. So that was International Men's Day, an amazing event on Friday held at Blackpool Football Club. Of course, an event that um, you know, you know, yeah, the people yeah. who, who set that up personally um, quite well, don't you? Yeah, well, we I've been involved with the International Women's Day event right from conception with Deb's, Deb's Terrace years ago. Um, and then it developed into doing obviously celebrating naturally the International Men's Day. And International Women's Day has always been, over the years, I've been kind of a role model to girls, teenage girls that maybe don't realise what's out there for women. They might have come from a family where they don't have female role models. Um, I was really fortunate because I had several female role models. My mum worked hard. She was a single parent at one time. She's had a hairdresser business. She's had... um, a baby business and then she fostered so I had a really great role model in my mum and I also in my job when I was at Pleasure Beach I had a great role model in my uh, PR director Helen O'Neill in fact when I was younger I always wanted to be Helen because she was super cool and I think it's really important that you can identify role models in your life and obviously the conversations now publicly are changing you know women's rights has been preached about and talked about quite a lot lately but I think the the sensitivity of men is coming out more now and by celebrating International Men's Day you know that it's okay to not be okay I think it just brings it all to the forefront and it allows men to shake off that stigma of they've got to hold it all together and they've got to be strong and you know that that phrase man up it's not fair anymore and that Actually, they can have feelings, they can be upset, and they can talk about it and share it. You know, exactly here, you all know you could come to me. Yeah. You know, I'm the, well, I'm not the only girl, because there's obviously abs as well. But in the day-to-day with the um, business here, it's predominantly men. But I actually think each one of you would come to me 
I know you can. And I think that should be within every workplace. Yeah. Men should not feel as if they can't go and talk about how they feel. And I think you've had us, each one of us, I, I think you've had us um, in the office, at least when we've had a, a really difficult day, maybe a day where we've been, you know, emotionally drained. And I know that's the vice versa as well, where we've had, where you've had the same. And yeah. I think we've all been able to lean on each other, have that laugh, have a bit of fun, but know that there are avenues and there are channels of people that we can talk to and, you know, help just feel better yeah. and lean on each other. And it is, and it's important. And I think it's important in any workplace that you should, you should pick up on people. You shouldn't just leave people to deal with things themselves. Always ask someone if they are okay always make sure i mean i'm i'm quite intuitive in picking up on things with people when things aren't 100 percent right and i know that's what i've done obviously in the office here before um but by the same token it, it shouldn't take someone like me to have to do that men should feel comfortable enough to be able to talk about it. and that's what international men's day is all about it is about highlighting what rights and what they can and what they can say and what they can do and how we can all support people. You know, check, even if the only thing you do is check up on that mate once a week. Just do something. Make a pledge today to decide, I'm going to do that one extra thing now. And it might not be a lot, but it could mean an absolute world to somebody else. So it's important. Things like that and being kind is very important. I couldn't put it better myself, Paula. Thanks. I'm going to give you... One last chance as we get to the season finale uh, uh, of the series, Coastal Fresh. Oh, right. Okay. Coastal Fresh. I'm going to give you an option here, Paula, to ask me absolutely anything. I, <laughs> I've thrown a lot of questions at oh you today. Oh, my goodness, Luke. You could have warned me. Um, Is there anything that you want to ask me? Um, anything that I want to ask you. You see, now, I, you should have let you me... on the spot. Yeah, I do. You should yeah. have let me um, prep something for this then. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you something okay. live and then you've got to answer it. Okay. Who do you like best, me or Jed? <laughs> I think for the fact that she's sat in front of me, I've got to say Paula, and the fact that she has been an amazing boss, so supportive. For the fact I'm sat in front of you, <laughs> no, it should be a, there is no contest, Paula. You over Jed every day. <laughs> hey, look, pranks come from a place of love. This is all Jed's fault. The pranks all started with Jed, I'm telling you. Right, well, thank you so much for coming on, Paula, and joining me on my podcast. Thank you, I loved it. And of course, it is the series finale, but we will be back with series two of Coastal Fresh very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Coastal Fresh podcast. Here's Mika and Happy Ending. I hope it's a happy ending.